Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. This is another podcast of World Wide Wave, the international LGBT news and current affairs show, every week on Australia's first LGBT radio station, Joy 94.9. Surfing the globe, bringing you news, views and current affairs for the LGBT community. This is the World Wide Wave. It's World Wide Wave time. Joy's international news and current affairs show for and by the LGBTI community. We love taking you around the globe one queer story at a time. I'm Matt and I'm joined in the studio tonight by Andrew. Hi. And Alex is back. Hola. Coming out to family is an experience that binds members of the LGBT community. It's scary, it's unknown, and it's full of questions and acronyms. But for most parents, there are just as many questions and many more unknowns. Through his own experience of coming out, one Irishman has created a guide to help. And the guide has been designed to give parents and guardians, whether they have LGBT plus children or not, information on terminology and how they can support LGBT plus young people. And tonight we speak with the creator of the guide, Donald Harkin, from Irish LGBTQ plus charity Shoutout. Here's a taste of what's coming up tonight. Children are often embarrassed and ashamed when they are bullies. So for a parent or guardian, I think it's very important to be proactive and to, you know, talk about what bullying looks like with a young person saying if you are being bullied to tell me not to be afraid of and also if you get an inkling that they might be bullied to act look into it and speak to the school because it's very hard for a 13 or 14 year old especially if they've been bullied homophobically or transphobically to say i'm being bullied because they think i'm this and the, and the person could be and they might not be ready to accept that they are either often when a child comes out to their parents or guardians even though they are welcomed with love and support many parents and guardians have worries and anxieties as to what kind of life their child will have i know my mother did Uh, many of these are unfounded and then there are some questions which parents aren't sure how or when to ask based on his own coming out experience domnall Harkin from Irish LGBTQ plus charity Shoutout decided to write a guide to help parents and guardians. We asked Donald to tell us about this new resource for parents. Of course, yes. Yeah. So basically, I volunteer with a charity called Shoutout in Ireland. And Shoutout is like a small organization. And we go into like schools and workplaces and youth centers and we give workshops um, to people to raise awareness and reduce discrimination and issues of bullying and those places about LGBT issues. So we kind of go in as volunteers for LGBTQA+, tell our stories, answer questions, and give information. So that's the charity who I volunteer with. So through my work with them, I kind of noticed that lots of parents and guardians didn't really know much about LGBTQA plus issues. And even though we did these workshops, it's still very hard, you know, obviously affect change across like a wide scale. And I found that so many parents and guardians just had such little knowledge and they were kind of afraid of it and they just didn't understand it. So I thought, why not develop a guide 
which gives them information on this important topic. So whether they have children who are LGBTQA plus or not, they have the information handy and easily accessible. Obviously, it's more beneficial for somebody who maybe has a child that is LGBTQA plus, but every parent and guardian can use it to become more informed and learn more about it. So that's basically what the premise of the guide is and why we created it and why I came up with the idea. And what work went into all the info in it, like into the answers about, um, like there's a section on like, what does your LGBTQI child want in this interaction of coming out, that sort of thing? Like, what, yeah, what kind of work did you put into into kind of finding that stuff out? So, yeah, so like I kind of came up with the idea on the guy based on my own parents' experience because my own parents kind of had so many questions and what's this and what's that. So I kind of thought, right, okay, so, you know, how are we going to develop something which is informative? So I spoke to like friends and asked them what they found, you know, their parents kind of, you know, wanted to know. So friends of mine who are LGBTQI+, I spoke to parents, my own parents, what kind of information they wanted as well. And then obviously as well through the work we shot at the Charity Volunteer with, I spoke to the staff there as well. So those kind of three groups, we kind of came together and what were the main topics? We thought like, you know, the acronym being explained was important, explaining the difference between, you know, sexuality, gender identity, um, other issues such as, you know, bullying at school, different things got there. So we kind of thought, what are the kind of main points? Obviously, you know, you could write an encyclopedia with all the different things that needed to be included in it, but we kind of thought, what were some of the main things? And that's kind of how we developed it. And that's kind of what it contained and it comprised of. Was it hard to come up with some answers? I just, coming out, right, there's so many emotions around that that sometimes you don't really know exactly what you need from it. You just kind of know what you don't, in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like you just know, oh, well, that's not the reaction I wanted, but it's hard to say what exactly reaction you did want. Was it hard to write down answers to some of these questions? Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, like, you know, not every answer or advice is going to work for every single person. But we kind of like looked at it and kind of got a consensus. Like, for instance, like, you know, I think the hardest one was like, what to do if you think your child is LGBTQA plus? Because, you know, supportive parents and guardians will just want the child to come out and tell them. And it's very tempting for them to just be like, you know, are you or what's going on? But like, we kind of kind of had a discussion amongst ourselves and other people. And we thought that like putting pressure on a young person like that and ask them, are they gay or are they trans or are they whatever is really kind of scary for them and really kind of damaging. So we kind of thought, from our own experience, the best thing to do was like create an environment that's inclusive and to kind of like, as a parent or guardian, talk about LGBT issues or talk with people you know who are LGBT. So that was a tricky one to ask because sometimes you think, yeah, maybe asking someone directly is the best thing. But we kind of agreed amongst ourselves that kind of letting the person just come out and decide themselves is the best thing. But that was hard to decide on. But I'm very happy. I think that is the best way to, for someone to do it. And I think a lot of people agree with that as well. But it was hard because it's not going to work for everybody, but I think we felt that that was the best option available and something that works for lots of people if someone does choose to do that. But it mightn't work for every single person, but I think for lots of people it would work. Was there a part of the guide that you felt most passionate about? I think the bullying school one, for me, I'm very passionate about. So when I went to school, I was bullied like really badly. So before I even thought about my sexuality or like whether or not I was gay, I was like bullied intensely for years. People in my school presumed that I was gay. So because that presumption happened before I kind of thought about it myself, I never even thought that I was gay. It didn't actually come out until I was 23 because I had this really negative experience of being bullied for being apparently gay from a very early age. So it kind of completely threw back my own journey of self-acceptance. And when I was being bullied at school, I never told anybody because in my head, if I told the teachers or told my parents, they would ask me why I was even bullied, what was being said to me. And then I would say, well, I was being called, you know, homophobic, you know, names. So I never said anything. So I kept it to myself and kept my head down. 
And that was so damaging for me and really, you know, made my journey to accepting my sexuality so much longer and harder than it should have been. So I was very passionate about having a section about what to do if you think your child has been bullied at school. And I wrote that section myself because like, you know, children are often embarrassed and ashamed when they are bullied. So for a parent or guardian, I think it's very important to be proactive and to, you know, talk about what bullying looks like with a young person, saying if you are being bullied to tell me not to be afraid of. And also if you get an inkling that they might be bullied to act, look into it and speak to the school because it's very hard for a 13 or 14 year old, especially if they've been bullied homophobically or transphobically, to say I'm being bullied because they think I'm this. And the, and the person could be, and they mightn't be ready to accept that they are either. So it's a very tricky thing to do, but I think it's something that has to be looked at. And I think issues of bullying for somebody due to their sexual or gender identity are definitely on the decrease in Ireland, but it still does happen. So for me, I wanted to have a really strong section there. What to do if you think someone has been bullied, how to approach it and what to do. So that for me was something I was very passionate about because I didn't want people going through what I went through when I was in school. What was the most rewarding part about writing the guide? I think it was the reception. And, you know, when I really, people said to me, oh my goodness, it's fantastic. And meeting people, you know, people I knew who said, I, you know, I give it to my mom or my dad and they thought it was amazing and there was so much information. So seeing that it was actually viewed as really beneficial and helpful was the, the most rewarding part because, you know, you, you do it and you think it's great, obviously, because you put all this work in, but like, you might think it's crap. So having people say they really enjoyed it and thought it was really informative was just fantastic to hear. And the reception was so well received and in Ireland, we had some really good media attention as well. So that was kind of the most rewarding part to see that's been used and people found it beneficial and to know that it will help people, help parents and guardians and help young people who are LGBTQA+, and who aren't as well, become more informed and more knowledgeable and more understanding of LGBTQA plus issues. That's Donald Larkin from Irish LGBTQ charity. Shout out with us on Joy 94.9. Great to see this resource coming in, I'm sure, and, and I'm sure it will help many people, not just in Ireland. I thought that um, discussion there about bullying was quite interesting. Um, the challenges for the that the child being bullied but also the you know what the parents how they feel mm. what they can do to try and sort of um you know help along this process yeah what can they do it's um pretty difficult for parents i know a lot of parents who've been in that situation not necessarily about um uh, their child being gay but often the schools aren't receptive or supportive when the parents complain that there's a bully mm. and that whole experience of donald himself of um, if I had have spoken up about the bullying, it almost would have been accepting that I'm gay and he wasn't ready yeah. for that. So yeah. it's really... I think I can definitely... Res that resonates with me. Um, you know, you often have to just keep it secret until you're ready to come out to your parents. And that often might be till your late teens. Meanwhile, you might have had five to ten years of, you know, schoolyard... Pain. Bullying, pain, mm, mm. Um, particularly in Anglo-Saxon countries where it's very, I think, prominent. Yeah. Yep. Let's hope there's a lot less bullying today. Perhaps I'm being naive, though. I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, well, as a teacher, I can say there is a lot more work being done. Mm. And I think I look at our students um, and I think, wow, they've got a very different experience. Great. Um, not to say it's eradicated far from it, but it's um, far more awareness of not putting up with it far more strategies being done to help uh, address it. So, yeah, way more than when I was that age. Mm. We've got lots more coming up. In fact, we'll find out what has been the most popular part of the guide for parents and guardians. This is Worldwide Wave. Joy, out.
loud, proud. Hola, mi nombre es Félix de Colombia. You are on World Wide Wave on Joy 94.9. Uh, we put the call out to uh, you, our listeners. Uh, what did your parents say when you came out? Uh, and we had a message in. Kevin, thanks for your message. Kevin says, uh, when I came out to my mother, she told me my dad wasn't my dad, that she'd actually had an affair resulting in me and my twin brother. And she told the twin brother, brother like nine years before he was told. Talk wow. stealing his thunder. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're sending you big hugs, Kevin. Yeah. Big hugs. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting way for your... Yeah. Did you, you, you were, uh, you, anybody here have an experience? At, uh... Oh, well, when I told my mother my father was dead, she gave me that old chestnut of if, but if you met the right girl. <laughs> <laughs> I reminded her that her best friend's daughter had unknowingly married a gay man a few years earlier. <gasps> and when it came out that he was gay, my mother... Um, said at the time, that man's mother must have known about her son and how could that mother allow her son to do that to oh, any poor girl? Touche. Yeah, the words come say, back. After I pointed that out to her. Very, that was very well. That was very well orchestrated. And we are speaking to Donald Harkin from Irish LBTQ Plus charity Shout Out, who has led the creation of a guide to help parents and guardians when a child comes out, as we've just discussed. The guide aims to dispel some of these myths and to help parents and guardians understand more of what is going on in the life of an LGBTQI plus young person. We asked him what parts of the guide have been best received by the people using it. I think people find the personal aspects really important. So like when I kind of wrote my foreword, I why did the guide, people thought that was quite emotional. And then as well, like, you know, we had the former president of Ireland, Breda Peace and Catherine Tapone, and he was a, an activist and she was also a, a politician here as well. I think people find those personal parts really inspiring, really interesting and to see that personal touch. And for me, that was really important because I didn't want the guide to be just kind of pure information heavy. I wanted it to be personal because, you know, the whole thing is very personal. And people really appreciated those personal parts and thought they were lovely additions and they were really kind of, you know, really made it intimate and more personal people to read about. So that was kind of a very well-received part of the guide, I think. But the whole thing overall was received really well and people thought it was really well-informed. I think as well, the acronym section was great for parents and guardians because I think the acronym for lots of parents and guardians can be very confusing and it is ever-changing. So they find that really interesting. They said, oh, it's great to be able to know now what those letters stand for and what they mean. Was it amazing to have the former president write something in it well, absolutely because like she is so well known in her country for being such an activist and advocate for lgbtq plus people like her own son is gay and she's quite religious you know she's very much like the church should have the place for lgbtq plus people so she really put her kind of her kind of head in the line for these kind of things which is so inspiring and because as well she kind of represents that kind of no generation of people in Ireland who are religious but have children who are LGBT. She's such a strong proponent for her rights because many parents, I know my own mother looked up to her as such an inspiration because she's like, this is somebody who was like her, who, whose religion was important to her, but also she wanted to love and support her LGBTQA plus son. So having someone like that support us and to, you know, kind of give us that kind of credence and give us that kind of support was amazing to have because she's such inspiration to so many parents because she represents that kind of bridge between like, the old generation coming to accept, the, you know, their children who may be LGBTQ plus. So it's great to have her, and also her religion is important to her, and she's not been afraid to call out the church, and she's she's suffered for it as well. You know, she's 
kind of being sidelined at times by the church. She wasn't let speak at a conference one time because of her views. So she's a serious kind of figure who is, you know, ready to call out in the wrongs the Catholic Church has done to people who are LGBTQ+. So it was amazing to have her support to show parents who are religious that, yes, you can be religious and you can be loving and accepted of people who are LGBTQ+, as well. Do you want to describe to me what it's like being LGBT in Ireland? Because um, I don't think, I think there's lots of people who kind of aren't really sure, you know, there's like a real history in Ireland of like Catholicism, but then so much has changed in the last 10 years and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, just want to like talk about what it's like being kind of young and LGBT in Ireland. Yeah, of course. So Ireland went under a massive change when it came to LGBTQA plus rights. So Basically, Ireland, since we had independence in 1921, we became a very kind of um, religious country. The Catholic Church was very powerful. So lots of kind of, you know, progressive liberal social issues were very much, you know, kind of stagnant for a long time. So it was illegal to engage in homosexual acts in Ireland until 1993. So up until 1993, if you were a man, you was found to have homosexual acts with another man, you could have been arrested and sent to jail. So that was repealed in 1993. But still, it was very stigmatized because obviously the church was very much against it. So anyone who was gay or lesbian or trans in Ireland was at risk of being discriminated against, attacked, you know, abused. So for the 90s, even after, you know, the law was changed until the early noughties, you know, being LGBTQA plus, you were viewed as, you know, a real strange kind of person in a social outcast. And lots of people either moved away to like London or America or else some came to Dublin and kind of probably lived in quite an insular LGBTQA plus community. You know, people would be horrified if a member of their family was gay or something or trans or lesbian. And it just was something that was looked down upon because the church was against it. You know, society disputed something that was abnormal. So it was like that until relatively recently. And then kind of from like the mid noughties onwards, there became really strong, you know, movements amongst charities such as Glenn and other LGBT organizations say, no, you know, we're not abnormal we want to fight for our rights and we want to be recognized and i think it was through that kind of representation through that kind of like change of minds that people started to kind of maybe come around and say well actually you know maybe these people aren't the kind of demons we've been kind of led to believe so we kind of got civil partnership in the late noughties like maybe 2010 or so and then that was followed then by the same-sex marriage referendum in 2015 and that was a major major turning point and that was when, you know, we had a referendum. So in this country, if we want to have like, a constitutional change, we have to have a referendum. So we had a referendum on whether or not the definition of marriage could be changed in the constitution. So before the referendum, it was, you know, marriage between a man and a woman. And then the referendum was asking, can we change that to be that marriage can be between anybody? So we had a referendum, which was tough and it was difficult. And there was, you know, awful things said by, you know, the no side. And it was very, very tough, but people fought. And so many people kind of saw people they knew come out or people told their stories and the referendum passed by about 62%, I think, which was a, a good margin. So then we had same-sex marriage and that was a major turning point in this country. So since that happened in 2015, attitudes have changed massively and it made LGBTQA plus issues like kind of the conversation and topic in every single home, or every single house. Because before that, it was probably viewed as maybe something that was kind of like, you know, foreign that had nothing to do with us. So that referendum really changed the mindset because everyone was talking about it. And then since then, things have went from strength to strength. Um, we had a we had a gay prime minister. We called him a T-shock here, but we had a gay prime minister called Leo Radker. And that was a big moment as well. And we have lots of, you know, kind of well-known figures who are LGBTQ plus as well. So things have changed hugely. Um, there still are maybe kind of homophobic transfer attitudes in certain parts of the country, maybe more so rural areas. 
But overall now, you know, being homophobic, transphobic isn't accepted. Whereas for a long time, even when I was growing up, it was the norm. You know, it was normal to be homophobic or transphobic. But that just isn't accepted anymore. So things have changed in a very relatively short period of time. It's been amazing to think. And I suppose that's kind of also in conjunction with the influence of the Catholic Church not being as strong as well. So we went from one end to the other quite quickly. Speaking from Ireland, that's Donald Harkin from Irish LGBT charity shout out with us on joy 94.9 doing some great work there and i love the personal stories and it really shows the power of personal stories be that from the president the former president they were very lucky to get the former president there um or even just you know everyday people i think that's what um you know uh parents and guardians would be able to connect with Mm, absolutely I was surprised they had a gay PM. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not okay, yeah. I, um, I remember in their um, marriage equality uh, um, uh, debate referendum, um, they had a campaign to get kids to ring grandparents. So they oh. figured that grandparents were, you know, not as progressive. So they got young people to ring grandparents to say, please vote yes. That oh, was a part of their... Stuck you know, telling of personal stories and, you know, why it's important to the next generation. So, mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, this, the, the change from 1993 to, to now is extraordinary. That's why I think there's a strong parallel with, say, Spain, you know, two countries that were under the yoke of the Catholicism, Catholicism um, and have revolutionised society in many ways, just total change of attitudes in uh, one generation. Absolutely. In fact, we're going to delve into that a bit more coming up. But this is Worldwide Wave. Our community is strong. Make joy even stronger and become a member. Joy.org.au Hi, everyone. My name is Yang Fra from Singapore. You are listening to Worldwide Wave. Lots of love to everyone at Joy 94.9. And you're on the show that takes you around the globe one queer story at a time, World Wide Wave. A special hello to everybody listening to us on podcast. You can subscribe to receive our podcast automatically either at joy.org.au forward slash World Wide Wave or on iTunes or your favourite podcast platform. And don't forget to leave a review. Uh, now, don't uh, you may have heard uh, going around in the studio, um, there's a fundraising auction coming up oh, with heard. a whole lot of things that money just can't buy. Well, one of them I really want. Or which one do you want? Kona EV. That's already on my been on my wish list. So that's the Hyundai Kona EV. That's so this the is new the electric vehicle, uh, the ooh, more affordable it's ones. It's in a dark night colour. Yummy, yummy. Um, I'd I'd go for Andy Kay's Indigenous artwork. He is a magnificent artist and um, always does beautiful, beautiful work. Sounds great, but I can't drive it. <laughs> <laughs> there's also a dining experience for eight people with the Lord Mayor. There's rare wines and whiskies. There's a, 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 your personal chef, wow, Paul yeah. Lenori, coming out to uh, to fe- to prepare a feast. There's all sorts of things. So uh, be in the running for that. Go to the Joy website and register. It's joy.org.au. We would love to see you there. Joy 94.9. Ireland's marriage equality vote in 2015 captured the attention of the world. But you might not know that it was only 22 years prior that homosexuality ceased being a crime in Ireland. The pace of change in LGBT rights in the Catholic-dominated country is quite astonishing. Given the amount of change that has happened in a short period of time for LGBT rights, we asked Donald if, uh, from Shout Out if his guide is perhaps perfectly timed. That this guide could have been written any earlier and been t- 
take it in. I just mean, like, obviously, I guess, like, after the referendum, like, probably, do you know what I mean, when it started to get better. But do you think if you'd written this, like, 10 years ago in Ireland that it would have been kind of taken in at all? Or do you reckon these sort of things need to happen kind of now that people are open and willing? Well, I would love to have thought, like, you know, kind of one of the things as well I did is I would love this to have been around years ago for parents. When I was in school, I think this is something that should have been done many, many years ago. Would it have got the same positive reception? I don't know. Maybe not, because let's say, for instance, if it came out when I was 13, 14, and that was a good few years before the same-sex marriage referendum, I don't know if people would have been that interested or they thought, oh, that's nothing to do with us. So probably not. It wouldn't have been as well received. Maybe it wouldn't have been as well documented in the press, the media. Maybe there would have been more snide comments about it. I would like to think it would have been well received, and I would love to have thought it could have been there, because, for instance, if this guy had been around when I was in school, and my parents have read it, they would have thought, oh, maybe don't let's be bullied. Maybe we should have a conversation with them around it. But it wasn't, unfortunately. So, yeah, I think it should have been there years ago. To be honest, when I came up with the idea, I thought, surely it's been done already before, but it hadn't been. So I kind of thought, well, it's not been done. I may as well do it myself. So it's been done now, and hopefully it'll be beneficial. But I would like to have thought if it was done a few years ago, it would have been received. But hey, who knows? Who knows? But look, it's here now. Is there anything in it that's particularly Irish? Or is it kind of something like obviously it's something that can be used in other places like I'm sure I could have given it to my parents and but is there anything in it that you think is particularly Irish in it um no I think like anyone like obviously kind of there's more references to Irish things in the context and we have Irish people speaking in it but like no it's very informative for anybody to really use and read like so I suppose anyone in Australia is more than welcome to go on to www.shoutout.e and download it the pdf is there I think maybe the only part that's maybe relevant is like you know Mary McAleese the former president she wrote a piece about religion and attitudes to LGBTQI plus people so even though I said things have changed that religion is still quite important to people in Ireland especially the old generation rural areas so I think that was very much targeted towards people who are Catholic and who may be struggling to accept LGBTQI people due to their you know religion or, or you know due to the beliefs they've been taught for a long time so I think that was I suppose the most Irish part which is kind of targeted towards that kind of like Catholicism that still exists in Ireland and that piece I thought was really powerful because you know and she writes about you know you can't let an institution like the church tell you to like not love people in your family or your community or LGBT plus based on some kind of archaic and antiquated version of something written down in the bible or something that was said by a pope a thousand years ago. We've made like slightly less progress than you guys have, right? Like we did eventually get marriage equality, but more recent. Um, but you guys, like you've had marriage equality for like a while now. You've had a queer leader. What hopes do you still have Ireland on this sort of progress? Even though we have made a lot of progression in Ireland, and don't get me wrong, we definitely have. It can still be kind of very kind of maybe Dublin-centric, which is the capital city. And I still know that there's lots of young LGBTQA plus people across Ireland, especially in rural areas, who are struggling to accept their sexuality or gender identity because they are deviating from the norm and they're not going to maybe live the life that they're expected to live by their parents or their community. And they're scared and they're worried. And lots of parents and guardians as well, even though they may accept people who are LGBTQA plus, they wouldn't want their own child to be like that based on their fears and worries for the child. So it's coming from a place which is not necessarily negative and not necessarily positive either. So I really think that we need to have a situation in Ireland where like, you know, parents are aware that their child could be LGBTQA+, and if they are, that's perfectly fine. 
And then we need to create an inclusive environment in schools and places and communities where it's like, yes, if you're trans or gay or lesbian or bisexual, that's perfectly fine. So I think we're on the way there, but we still have a way to go because people would still be like, oh, you know, I've nothing wrong. I don't have anything against people who are LGBTQ+, but I wouldn't want my son or my daughter to be that because it's a hard life and I don't want them to be like that. Well, I would say to them, I was like, well, guess what? They're not going to be able to choose whether or not they are or not. They could be, they may not be. But hearing that from a parent or guardian at a young age is really damaging. If you hear your parent or guardian say, oh, I wouldn't want my child to be gay or lesbian or trans, and you know you might be a young person who thinks you are, like, that's really sad to hear. And that's going to really affect you as well. So getting rid of that attitude of where it's like, oh, I wouldn't want mine to be, but if nothing wrong with them, or, you know, it's fine. Like, you're not one of those, but like, if you were, it's fine, but I'd rather you're not. So I think that kind of change in attitude still needs to happen. And I think we'll get there eventually, but we're not quite there yet. Great. Thank you for talking to me. No problem at all. Thank you so much for having me on. Listen live or on demand from wherever you are in the world. Stream us live on joy.org.au or subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform to World Wide Wave. And that was Donald Harkin from Shout Out uh, in Ireland. I think one of the fascinating things about Ireland is that it is so dominated by the Catholic Church, and it has been for so long. I mean, you consider it, you know, one of the Catholic strongholds of the world, if you like, mm. Mm. and yet they had such an overwhelming vote, uh, you know, for marriage equality there. I think it goes, yeah, I mean, there's a range of factors. I think one would be just this generational uh, unravelling of the grip and the prestige of the church um, because it's not just about, you know, LGBTI uh, community, but, you know, there was all those scandals regarding abuse under mm. church uh, organisations. It was like kind of just a tidal wave of um, revelations that broke uh, the church's hold. Mm. Um, and uh, and that was just, you know, co- part, partly coincidental with, you know, same developments globally. But I think... Um, you know, Ireland joining the EU, I think a whole new generation of young Irish people. Moving away from it, because I think the, the the trap for the Irish in the past was that the, the church was part of their liberation from the British. You know, that the Catholic Church was their identity that made them stand apart from, from uh, the rest of the British Isles. So that held on for so long during the post-independence era. So I think mm. just we just needed a new generation to go, hold on, we can be Irish we don't have to be these staunch um, conservative Catholics. You know, we can be moderate Catholics or yeah. non-Catholic. The, <laughs> you know? the proportion of the Irish population who identify as Catholic has decreased yeah. the way it's done here. That yeah. would be really interesting to see. I haven't seen yeah. any figures there. So again, I think I they're think, still yeah. much, much more dominant than us, but it, it does point to the fact that there are other Catholic-dominated countries in South America who mm, have also, also progressed a lot in LGBT rights. You know, we know that um, Catholicism good at um, at breeding hypocrisy. <laughs> you yes. can, you can like comfortably, You can comfortably condemn something that you do <laughs> behind Myself. closed doors. Um, so uh, even amongst the church hierarchy itself. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think people are well... Uh, the Catholics are well-versed at... Um, you know, listening to one in one ear and 
doing something. <laughs> no, what, what about the positive this, though? Um, yeah. Visibility. I mean, uh, you have more people um, speaking up in support of the community. You yeah. know, in this case, you've got a former president speaking up. Yeah. You've got the visibility of uh, Ireland having an openly uh, gay prime minister with his partner attending events and things like that. Like, it's, it is moving into that, if you, I hate that saying it, but normalising. Mm. Mm. They sound mm. more progressive than us. Well, they're kind of like the New Zealand of... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in New Zealand of Europe, you know. <laughs> yes, and they, they beat oh, yeah. us all the time too. Yes. The world's longest running radio show dedicated to international LGBTIQ news and current affairs. This is World Wide Wave from Australia's Rainbow Radio Station, Joy 94.9. Hello and goedenavond. This is Elko listening in from the Netherlands on World Wide Wave, the latest LGBT news and current affairs on joy.org.au. Receive LGBT news from around the world throughout the week. Like Worldwide Wave on Facebook now. A huge thank you to our guest tonight, Don, Donald Harkin from Irish LGBT sh- charity Shoutout. You can download the Parents and Guardians Guide at shoutout.ie and we've posted a link on our Facebook page as well. That's W3Joy. And a big shout-out to Shannon for getting that interview for us. And thank you very much for people who sent us Facebook messages, Jennifer, Liz, James, Stefan and a whole heap more who've joined or interacted with us on Facebook this past week. That's W3Joy on Facebook. And behind the scenes, our podcast to Peter and social media master Dean. We'll be back next week with more World Wide Wave. Thanks for listening to another podcast from World Wide Wave, the show that takes you around the globe one country at a time. World Wide Wave is the international news and current affairs show on Australia's LGBT radio station Joy 94.9. You can listen live every Tuesday night on 94.9 FM in Melbourne and online at joy.org.au. You'll find all our podcasts at joy.org.au slash worldwidewave or follow us on Facebook for the latest international LGBT news. Search W3Joy on Facebook now. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.